back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for your company on Pass the Post on Sunday, June 13, post-Stradbroke Day. We've passed the post yesterday. Stradbroke season has come to a close, but the carnival ain't over because, of course, We've still got Ipswich, Tats and Sunshine Coast to go. But this morning we're looking back at the big day of racing yesterday. Nathan Exelby was part of it. Again, sound like a broken record, but a glorious day and great racing. It was, and you know, always look forward to after Stradbroke Day seeing where those horses land uh, later in the year. I think we saw a really good one in the JJ Atkins and uh, a, a, another stirring Stradbroke finish, which you, as a caller you would be well accustomed to, but um, was a terrific duel between those two horses before Tefani got the better of Vega one in the last little bit. It certainly was, and, and you're, you're spot on uh, with, with Converge. We'll talk about him later, have a chat with Adrian Bott, but we saw Zaki make a clean sweep of his carnival assignments. He's the Cox Plate favourite, and Ayrton stood up well yesterday, ran very fast time, uh, stamped himself as a horse will follow in the spring. So I think yesterday was a, a fitting finale to Stradbroke season. And speaking of Stradbroke, let's go to the Tab Stradbroke, the Group 1 $1.5 million feature. Always a terrific betting race, but there was great money for Vega 1. He went off favourite at $4.60. Racing! Mr. Quickie Bart and Mr. Barling. Vega 1 came out first, but Apache chased swiftly on the scene, as is Emerald Kingdom. And Sava 2XL charging up four wide. They're riding Tefane forward today, then the Herovian, followed by Olmedo, Mr. Quickie. Getting back to midfield, Victorum. Outback Barbie is wide. I am Superman. He's in that bunch then. Nicanova, Signore Fox, followed by Sosi Bond, as they go around the first bend. Getting a long way back with Sir and imaging his last of all. Wild Planet about fifth last. Apache chase. He takes control. Lead Sava to excel. Vega one third the box seat. Olmedo right off the track. The Emerald Kingdom. The Harovian just behind them. Tafane. Followed by Outback Barbie. Mr. Quickie near the rail. Then Victorum. Wild Planet. I am Superman. Sosi Bond. Nicanova. Subpoenaed Senor Fox Imaging. And Master Jamie is last of all. The big field thunder to the turn. 500 left to run. Apache Chase. They'll try and run him down. Can they do it though in the straight? Apache Chase leads for home from Sava to excel. Vega one coming away from the the rail. Mr. Quickie getting up to the inside. Emerald Kingdom chiming in. Wada was Tafane. They've got to Apache Chase. Vega 1 took the lead. Emerald Kingdom. Tafane coming at Vega 1. Down below the 100 metres. Vega 1 in the fight of his life. Tafane going with him. Stride for stride. Tafane and Vega 1. Tafane took the lead and won. Beat Vega 1. Photo with Senor Fox and Mr. Quickie not far away. Then came Subpoenaed, followed by Emerald Kingdom, the Harovian, So Sibon. Then at the head of the others was Imaging, Outback Barbie, Apache Chase, Victorum, Wild Planet, Sava to Excel, and Master Jamie, last over the line. So Tafane winning the Stradbroke, Craig Williams riding for Mike Moroni, and she wasn't unnoticed in the betting, $12 in from 14 but it was a great win. Stradbroke wins are always great wins, and... Mike Moroni, the trainer of Tefane, is our first guest on Past the Post. Mike, sadly, you couldn't be there yesterday. Yeah, certainly. It was uh, very disappointing, but um, just the way it went, I, I was up there for about 10 days with uh, the team, and then um, actually my partner, Karen, got a little bit ill. So I, I came back down here, um, and then by the time um, Karen went into hospital, etc., we it was really too late for me to go back. I was having to do, do 14 days quarantine. I wasn't going to make it out in time, so... Um, just the way it went. 
It was a whirlwind four weeks, really, for you with, with Tefano. You went into the BRC sprint thinking she'd probably be sold the following week. But as we know, that there was a change of heart and here you are now as a, winning your second Stradbroke. Yeah, well, that was a crossroads race. I'd agreed to um, doing that and, and aimed at a race where I'd get it pretty close to a best and then we could make a decision. Uh, the only reason she was in the sale, basically, was because of the... Um, little hiccups we'd had and we'd, we'd sort of mainly want to get to the Coolmore and the other um, mayor's group one mile um, and when things went wrong well that's what we decided we'd better as a backstop ever in the sale just in case you know, she wasn't coming up but um, I thought that her run in that race in particular was terrific and um, that was enough probably to persuade the owners to, to, get, to go on. Were you part of that vote that uh, decided to keep her racing? I wasn't. No, I was, a, I was an advisor too. <laughs> but no, certainly it was a decision made between them all. Um, I actually did the, the course after speaking with Rupert briefly um, straight after the race with the idea that yeah, we both thought, well, she's back. She won't be uh, going through the sale. And then things changed a bit on Sunday and we had to get on the phone. Um, I know Rupert did and myself and Anthony did as well. And rung around everyone and they come up with consensus that they didn't want to sell. Um, so um, that's the decision that was, the final decision was made. Mm. She's only had the 21 starts, so, you know, she's a, she's a group one, a dual group one performer and uh, she's not overly raced, she's rising six. You watched yesterday's race. How was your confidence level in running? Uh, very confident because uh, Craig had sort of sent me through a map we both agreed that was how to ride her, uh, was to go forward a bit this mm. time, um, knowing that I had her as fit as I could get her. And we rode her similarly in the, in the all-age. But as Craig found out, that if you do that to her early um, and give her a little rub out of the gates, she gets over racing. And he was that was his concern. Um, we just, I spoke to him last night. He just said she over-raced and put herself in a bit of an awkward spot when things slowed down because they went pretty hard early. And he said he just had to just... Um, grab hold of her and lose a spot of it uh, to get her to relax. Um, and then it was just a matter of getting out. Once I saw her out turning for home, I thought then she'd be pretty hard to beat because she doesn't usually get to that position and get beaten normally. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good watch. And, um, you know, I was pretty confident after they swung for home that we were going to just, you know, probably win the race. So. I understand your confidence was high well before the, st- the start of the race and, and there's a race yeah, that followed, though, Mike. You told Rainers yesterday morning that um, she was well over the odds. Yeah, I was very confident. And it's hard to be in a group one, but I just really, no matter how I look at the field, I just keep looking at it and saying, well, I know I'm being biased, I train her, but there's, she just stood out to me, uh, well-weighted, um, running you know, with 16 and a half kilos, which in a, in a group race would have been a... a a weight carry record from here if she'd been able to do that and probably with luck and running she she may well have done it too so it just pointed to just knowing the mare I stayed up there with her for another couple of days after that run and she you, you knew she'd had a run the first day the next day she was better and by the time the day I left I had a look at her and she was bouncing again so I knew then that we were on the right track and um, then the reports I got from, from Lily uh, Miller who travelled with her throughout Australia last preparation as well. The chief world who worked on Tuesday was um, the best she's ever worked, uh, even better than going into the uh, into the all eight. So that sort of built the confidence levels as well. And um, I think the, the, the clocker 
there at, at Eagle Farm, got her running the last furlong um, of the work. So I did tell Lily to make sure she had a good head out. She had three weeks between lines. Um, and she, she ran 10 and a half the last, last furlong. So um, I knew then that when she said she pulled up, there had a, a blow but cleared pretty quickly. Um, but she was nice and fit and ready to go. This is great news, Mike. It's all too late for us punters who didn't back her, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I did. I, I actually got on the phone and rang around the owners yesterday morning. <laughs> I was sitting here and I thought, I'm going to get. I put a report out, but I just want to give them all a call and tell them that, you know, just reiterate what I said and and that you know if you're going to if you're if we have a bit of a bet going at it today, those odds. Well, the celebrations mightn't be over yet because, of course, we go to the Tats TR in a fortnight. Yeah, look, I've, I've seen a video of her this morning and a photo of her. Again, you can you can tell she's had a run to look at her, um, but um, she ate well last night, and I would say it'll be pretty par for the course um, how she come through as compared to her last one. Um, Lily said she's trotting up fine, action's great. She ate well, and it's, you, know, you can just look at her and just see her ribs slightly, um, but within two or three days, I'm pretty sure she'll be back to normal, and if that's the case, we'll... We'll charge on and have a go at that race. And then do you press on and race into next season, Mike? Uh, yeah, that, that's the plan. If, if, if all things being equal, that, um, as long as she's nice and sound, everything's good with her. Um, we, we, you know, I can't see any reason not to. You know, The only other thing you could do is stop and get her in foal. Um, but I don't think the owners will be keen to do that. I'm pretty sure they'll want to race her on and then make the same decision the, the following, um, you know, before the Magic Millions uh, next year um, as to what they're going to do. It'll be a nice position to be in having the same conversation next year if you go to another Stradbroke or not. Yeah, definitely. Right. No, it would be. Um, yeah, but certainly, um, you know, I think because she's, that was start number 21 yesterday and she's um, lightly raced, um, lucky that she had the, the natural ability to, to poke her way into, into a black-type race. I think about a full start. So from there on, she's been up in the big time. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, lucky enough for us, she's been up to it and and that we haven't overraced her. We know that the Tats TR will round out the winter. Would you have another go at the Everest if uh, a slot holder came to you? I, I just took in what, what Craig said to me last night, um, and I know he um, was of the opinion that a lot of the jockeys are, that she would get a mile, but like, he doesn't, wouldn't say she'd get past it. Um, I do think that we'd have to ride her differently and hopefully she'll be blessed, you know, and those sort of race with a decent gait because I'm sure if she gets some cover, she'll, she will relax. Mm. But if she's out in that clear or we've got to sort of go forward from the draw a bit, once you set her a light, she's hard to, to, to bring back underneath her. She just wants to just go on with the job for a bit longer than what you want because it's about conserving energy for the, for the final finish. And... Um, that's what they're going to be able to do. Uh, and that will be the question mark with the going further. So we've got a bit to think about um, between now and the, and the, and the spring. And um, just, you know, one of, one of the scenarios could be that we stay back to a mile um, in the spring and that we have a go to clean as in the autumn or something like that. But um, you know, we'll just see. Um, there's a lot of water to go to the bridge between now and then. Nice position to be in, though. Congratulations, Mike, for your second Stradbroke. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Mike Maroney, the trainer of Tafati. Of course, he trained Mr. Baritone to win the Stradbroke in 2008. That's it. $31, Mr. Baritone.
Craig Williams rode um, Sniper's Bullet in 2007. The year before, that's right. So now, Interesting that he's talking maybe 2,000 metre races for mm. Tefani next season. Um, beaten division, David? Well, the story seems to be around Vega 1 now that you can't present this horse too early in, <laughs> in the race. I mean, uh, I, I, I do get that. I understand that. And I know... I feel for Tony Gollum because he thought Apache Chase might be able to take him to the race further. So Rachel King had to make that move a little earlier than required. And that may have been the difference between winning and losing because there wasn't a lot in it at the end. And I'm probably a pair or two closer than they expected after he jumped so well. Mm. But uh, hard to take it away from him. She's carried 54 and a half for a mare, which is... This race hasn't been a great race for mares historically. I think she was the ninth mare to win the Stradbroke. Mm. So you're right. It's not a great record for mares. What about Signore Fox? He's the sleeper, isn't he? Ran out of his skin in the Kingsford Smith. And I think many might have thought, well, okay, but not... To, not in the Stradbroke, but he's run well again. Off a wide gate, too. And Mr Quickie uh, was was good in fourth. Uh, James McDonald's comments post-race was he thinks Barry 1 was a big negative for the horse. He said he would have loved to have been able to get him onto the outside and really see what he could have done lengthening. So they've, they've stumbled onto him. He's a really good sort of 1,400-mile you know, horse now, isn't mm. he? Hard luck stories. Uh, the Horovian did encounter traffic in the straight. Not saying he would have won, but um, we'll probably have to die wondering on that one yeah. because it, there was a, it was a really crucial part of the straight where he just couldn't get where he wanted to, boss. Yeah, Glenn Boss said that it was, as you say, a crucial part of the, the race where he needed to get the momentum. He said, I'm not saying it cost him the race, but he would have been a lot closer. Mm. And Apache Chase, he had his chance. Yeah, that's right. The, 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 he was he was sort of gone pretty quickly in the straight, unfortunately. Well, that was the Tab Stradbroke to Farno winning and running one twenty one ninety eight for victory. Let's go to the other group one. The Treasury Brisbane, JJ Atkins. Converge was always favourite uh, for the race and ran the favourite, but a good move for Port Louis to beat him. Here's the replay. They spread across the track. Volcanic Rock led from Overbound on the outside and all of a sudden, coming strongly now, was Converge. The favourite raced up and hit the lead. He dashed away. Converge well clear. Yardis runs on. Invincible T is running a good race, but he looked a good thing and he's going to make a good thing over Tim Clark and Converge straight down to the line. Bolted in from Yardis. Third, I'd say, Tiger of Malay. Invincible T is fourth. Then Subterranean, followed by Dark Rebel. Then came Blushing Tycoon, Kate Breton. Well back, Ranch Hand. Then Volcanic Rock. Port Louis never got into it. Well back in the field was three wise men with Overpass and Overman. They finished towards the tail and Converge has romped home. Certainly did by three and a quarter lengths, running 135.86 and moved into the race at the turn, descended on the leaders, Halfway up the straight, then the race was over. He, he bolted away. It came as no surprise after that great size produce run. Adrian Bott, of course, is in training partnership with Gay Waterhouse. They'd already won earlier in the day. They won the Group 2 Brisbane Cup with Knight's Order, but this was the one they wanted, and they got it with Converge. Adrian's on the line now. Good morning, and congratulations, mate. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Very, uh, very satisfying win. Very very satisfying day. I want to ask a question firstly, uh, out of left field. Um, I don't know how many times you've been interviewed, you've had to talk about Converge in the lead-up. He's won, the job was done. Tell me about this, though, and I think I heard you say this in passing. This horse has done very well here, and our climate, our, our winter climate, must play a part in some of these horses' performances. I, I think it does. I think we see that, um, you know, not just with him, but we see that time and time again with a number of horses, and you know, it's sort of a a main part with a you know with the number of the horses that we, we do like to target up through the 
through the Queensland Carnival for that specific reason that they they do well and um, yeah and then at the back end of the carnival you can leave them up here and they you know they they go on and have their spell up here and dispel in that warmer climate and continue to do well and you sort of come come back into the early part of the spring and you might be that uh, a little bit more advanced and a little bit ahead of the game uh, with the way that the horses have done it you know as opposed to the horses that are you know sort of um, you know doing taking plenty of energy to keep warm down south. Adrian, can you document his background a little bit for us? He's, he's now a, a gelded son of Frankel. Just talk us through, you know, we don't see an awful lot of Frankels here in Australia, so just tell us how he came about. Yeah, uh, so he was purchased uh, in, uh, the mayor was purchased in, in foal carrying carrying him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there was a pregnancy test on early days, because they were specifically looking for a Frankel colt. That was sort of the order that they had and, and what they wanted with a specific sort of type in mind. So and I think it's very fair to say that they were, you know, uh, I think they've certainly hit the target there. Um, so he was he was purchased that in mind. Um, you know, fold down, bred and raised at Evergreen Farm, and uh, yeah, went through all his early education there, broken in there, uh, did all his sort of training, pre-training there, and through the stable, and um, and, and, and yeah, just sort of he he, he he was the decision was made to sort of gild him early, just to sort of help kick him along physically, and um, you know, he just right from the outset he. He just sort of was very focused on the on the job at hand because of that. I feel, and um, you know, it's been a pleasure to train from, from day one. And um, yeah, just sort of flew under the radar a bit early days, uh, but yeah, sort of now really, really starting to put it all together. Yeah, that's the next point I was going to raise with you, Adrian. Uh, he was good in Sydney, of course. He won the third hill and he ran third in the Champagne. But then, you, then you, I saw that trial at Wyoming. He absolutely bolted in there, and then you've brought him north. Must be very satisfying to you and Gay to virtually have like a, a a second campaign that to all intents and purposes he looks like he's taken a big step forward yeah definitely um, and, and look in fairness to him i guess the the original target was always the queensland campaign i i guess mm. the one that um sort of you know funny we, we we went through the campaign as a with queensland mainly in mind thinking that that's where he'd be best suited best placed and uh, best targeted towards um he put in some very good performance in performances in Sydney and probably a good enough performance obviously in the Fernhill to warrant uh, running in the Champagne and, and the way that the field sort of developed going into that where well, we thought you know he deserved to have his crack at a group one then and there uh, but as I said you know that maybe that race popped up a bit quick with with our planning because we'd, we'd always intended on bringing him up the clean Um Adrian I no, and understand and appreciate the importance of the, the breeding industry and breeding side of things, but there's something about this horse that excites me more than the, the fact that he's a gelding because, you know, he's got nothing to do but race. And that also means you can pick and choose as the races that you think are going to best suit him as opposed to races that you think might enhance his residual value. Yeah, most definitely. You know, you can certainly just have a, a lot of fun with a horse like him. And, and again, we didn't have to sort of necessarily protect him throughout the early part of his career. And, um, you know, we've got a real a real racehorse on our hands. And like you said, that's sort of the fun part. That's the aspect you don't have to sort of second guess about any sort of, yeah, uh, uh, values or, um, you know, potential further career paths. We can just do the best thing by the, uh, you know, by the horse and sort of run in whatever event necessary. And, um, yeah, he certainly makes the task a lot easier because of that. And when you're thinking about, you know, whether it be a three-year-old or a four-year-old, you look at yes, well, you look at the size and you look at the Atkins yesterday and the, the, the the main feature of his performance was his strength to the line. He ran that mile powerfully yesterday. So, you know, you think to yourself, 2,000 metres should be no drama at all. 
Yeah, I, I really think that's the case. Um, so, you know, the way he settles in his races and, you know, if he can still show that same sort of turn of foot over a 2,000-metre event, which I expect him to be able to do so, well, yeah, that, that, that just sort of really sort of takes you again to that sort of next level and, and gets into that next sort of class. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's great to see him sort of take that next step, you know, sort of looking back through... The, you know, what previous sort of winners of the Jay Jackins have sort of gone on to, to do. That's sort of obviously very good, very good guide. And, um, yeah, sort of want to give him those opportunities going forward as well. Well, hopefully he does add his name to that great honour roll in terms of what they do in the future. Knight's Order's a fascinating horse for mine, Adrian. He hadn't raced for two years before you guys got him last spring. And he was he was good in that first preparation for you, but now he's just gone to that next level. Yeah, I, I guess, so. you know, he, he did very well off such a long time off, so probably just sort of needed that, that grounding again, that race fitness. And, um, yeah, he had that advantage coming to this preparation, sort of retaining a bit of that residual. So that, that definitely sort of helped us a, a, a long road, sort of getting him back. He just had some sort of soft tissue damage early, early days, sort of, or an injury sort of coming over from, from England. Um, so we just had to give him plenty of time. But, yeah, it's certainly um, done in the world of good. Of course, you and Gay won the, the Cup with Sedanza uh, three years ago, and Tim Clark was the rider then. And I think we've got to pay special... Uh, a special mention to Tim yesterday. It's never easy to try and lead all of the way in a two-mile race, and you've got to try and rate them as well as you can. And he gets a 10 out of 10. He rated Knight's Order perfectly there yesterday. Yeah, to, to, to perfection. Um, you know, look, that's you know, why he's so good on these sort of front-running sort of types. He's, um, you know, rates them well. And, yeah, you know, I, I guess that we've been working very closely together for, for a number of years now. And, um, you know, the, the reason that is because, yeah, he... he he just gets it. You know, it sort of all seems to sort of working well. We don't have to say much between, you know, before races or or afterwards. You know, we all sort of seem to go out there with a very similar sort of mindset of how we all see the sort of races panning out, and um, you know, we're all very much on the same page in that sense. And he's a big big part of the team, I must say. So um, yeah, no, he's 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 delightful to work with. Was Gay on the phone after the race? Yeah, no, that was, uh, she she certainly was. She was straight on the phone. Yeah, both. And yeah, Knight's Order give, obviously gives her a great kick. She, she loves the same sort of types of horses. And, and yeah, obviously the, the two-year-olds as well, sort of, you know, the race that she's had great success in the, the DJ Atkins. So, yeah, and, and she's been sort of great, great, great friends with sort of my dad and family for, you know, for, for a number of years. So, um, yeah, I feel like that meant a lot to her as well. Good on you, mate. Congratulations on behalf of uh, Gay with the job you've done here with a, a small team. You haven't had a lot of runners, but... You've certainly got the results on the day that counts, the Group 1 Atkins and the Group 2 Brisbane Cup. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, thank you very much. Adrian Bott joining us this morning. Yes, Converge, um, uh, I'm sure you know, he, he was a, a player in Sydney without being a headline horse, far from it. But uh, I think he has taken the step forward. I think he has. I heard him tell Ray Thomas earlier that when that champagne stakes come up, fairly thin in Sydney. They they had no option but to go for the backup, and he ran well, but he was on speed there, wasn't he, and sort of just wilted a little bit late. By dropping out the back the other day, I think they they really fell into the best way to ride him. He's just got this brilliant turn of foot from just letting him find his feet early, and look, he's super exciting, I think, David. Um, no doubt he's taken another step, and I, I think back to that gallop before the sires was there that morning, and like, I'm not a judge at all, but I know a lot of people that morning were just just really taken by that gallop. I spoke to Jimmy Orman who rode him. He said, wow, he said, it's not very big, this horse, but he's got a motor and um, he's run up to it in both times. This was another one you backed at its previous start. Yes, wasn't it? Terrific. And um, 
I, I backed Port Louis to win this, the JJ Atkins before that race. So it was on the wrong wheel the whole way, David. You certainly were. Thank you for that. That was, reminder. That was Gay's um, third um, Atkins. She won with Romantic Touch in 2013 and Al Malad in 2014. Giannis, I think he's a really promising horse going forward mm. over longer trips. And, and Port Louis, Hugh Bowman said, look, he was disappointing the um, second time he's presented to win the race and just didn't finish off. So he's he's got a little bit of maturing to do, but yeah. and, obviously and, the ability's there. And isn't it amazing? Um, the two different paths. Converge comes out of the champagne, yep. goes up. Port Louis came out of the champagne. We were thinking, well, he's one. That's right. He hasn't fired. Yep. That was the JJ Atkins. Let's continue our look back at racing yesterday. And the other big race was the inaugural running of the Q22, presented by Sky Racing. And Zaki, naturally, all the rage, $1.26. Let's have a listen. They're fully homeward bound of the Q22. And Reloaded is now gone as Zaki takes the lead and tries to get away from them. Holmes were running a game race in second. Brandenburg trying to hold on for a spot. Paths of Glory running on. But Zaki, here we go. 100 metres left to run. It won't be seven lengths today, but it's going to be another romp. He is the star of the carnival, the revelation. And Zaki wins from Holmesman, Brandenburg, and Paths of Glory. And he gets a great round of applause. A long margin, Natoya, then Warning, Spirit Ridge, Mirage Deads are reloaded, Ladon de V, Hangman, Salamade, uh, the Candyman, and Toffee Tongue virtually has not completed the track. One great feature of this carnival has been the the trainers that have been so willing with their time with the media. Adrian Bott is one, but another one is Annabelle Neesham, who's always been there for any request from the media and... She's kindly joined us this morning after Zaki's Q22 win. Annabelle, congratulations. Bit of pressure off now after yesterday. Yeah, I certainly breathed a, a sigh of relief. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was, you know, I expected him to win. But, you know, racing's racing. Often often uh, things don't go your way. So um, certainly a bit of relief and um, before the enjoyment came. But, yeah, he's pulled up well and, and um, it was a great day. Obviously, a lot of pressure around it. Then you had that incident um, pre-race in the in the stall area, Annabelle. Yeah, he just trod on a, he just um, shifted a shoe, um, and and had to be replated. Um, so, wasn't luckily wasn't the end of the world. You'd pr- prefer to do it in the tarps than behind the gates. But Paris <laughs> did a good job, and um, yeah, it was none the worse for it. That was for sure. I know you're a hard marker. We've we've talked about that seven-length margin in the Dooman Cup. That was at 2,000 metres. Yesterday was, I think the word a lot of people were using was more tradesmen-like. The margin was a length and a half. Uh, do you think that the 2,200 metres is an outer limit and 2,000 metres is his most effective trip? I think so. Um, I probably always thought that even leading into yesterday. That yeah, was probably the only query was the extra distance, but He's such a good horse, um, and those good horses, you know, they can still win races um, in distance ranges that, that probably aren't their best. Um, but, you know, it was still a fairly soft win. He didn't he didn't use the stick on him. Um, you know, he probably looked after him a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's had five runs. Um, he's had a you know, reasonably busy campaign, and, you know, I still thought there was a huge amount of merit to the win. Um, yeah, they're probably not going to win by seven lengths every time they go around. But, oh. Um, you know, I still thought I still thought he ran the trip out, um, but yeah, it probably is better. I think in the spring, you know, his grand final will be the Cox Plate, so we probably won't see him uh, beyond the 2000. Has he come as a surprise packet to you? Like, I don't understand he wasn't an expensive horse by by import standards, but to, to see what he's 
what his level was over in Europe to, to where he is now. Are you sort of pinching yourself a bit? Yeah, um, I mean, I'd hoped he, I'd hoped he would be a, a carnival horse, um, you know, even on off his European form, which is quite good. Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't think he'd be the new boom horse in Australia. I don't think anyone thinks that when they're when they're buying a horse that's had twenty odd starts um, before they get them. So yeah, it probably has taken me a little bit by surprise and still pinching myself really. Um, and it's it's just amazing to to have him so early on in my career. I think. Anyone would like him at any point in their career so that to land him in our first season. We're just extremely lucky. I was talking to Adrian Bott about uh, our climate here in southeast Queensland. I'll ask you the same question. Uh, we've had uh, wonderful weather over the last month or two, and that sort of climate, does that help a horse like Zaki? I think it, it, perhaps it does. Um, it's that bit warmer. Um, you know, that's why I'll keep him up here to spell, but a lot of the horses... Uh, interesting, the colts I've had up here, you know, they've kept summer coats on them. They, they look amazing. Zaki's a gelding. He did grow a little bit of a coat, but had a, had a great shine to him. He looks healthy, and I'm sure that warmer weather helps. How do you plot your spring path now, uh, Annabelle? So he's going to go to the paddock in the morning, and he'll have three weeks out. Um, then he'll have a couple of weeks under saddle from the paddock, and um, he'll look to start in the first half of September. Probably the 4th of September will be the weekend he kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look to be sort of third or fourth up into a cox plate. And just quickly, uh, Moanga, where will he kick off? He's most likely going to kick off in the Wink Stakes. Um, he looks fantastic. He's in pre-training at the moment, and he'll land back down at, at Warwick Farm at the end of this month. And just before we let you go, uh, Zaki's been one of the stars of the show, if not the star of the show during our carnival. Will we still see you here uh, you know, on the occasional Saturday? Will you still send a horse up if there's the right race for it? Yeah, um, we've got um, uh, Mizzy heading to the Tats Tiara in a fortnight. Um, so we'll, we'll, um, I'll still have a little team up here until then. And, and yeah, it's certainly always, you know, I'm looking at the calendar up here every weekend. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, as we have horses to come up here to race, whether it's a Wednesday or a Saturday, we'll send them up. It's very easy to send them up. Um, the Brisbane Racing Club have always been so hospitable. And um, I think my first Metro winner was actually at Doombin. Um, with Ghostwriter um, mm. back in, I think it must have been September or October mm. time. So, um, yeah, I've had good success up here and hopefully continue to do so. Thanks for your time this morning and, and thanks for your contribution during the carnival. You've uh, you've unveiled a star and we wish you well in the spring. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Annabelle Nisham joining us, the trainer of Zaki, and, well, he has been the, the revelation, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and she's a bit of a star herself too, I think. Oh. What a terrific first season in training. And um, as you made the comment, just uh, so accommodating to, mm. to all requests. And I'm heartened by those comments that uh, a trainer like herself, who has a high, high profile and is on the rise, mm. we will see her occasionally with a horse like in a Class 6 on a Saturday. This is good for racing here, that these stables look at look at our races. You know, you've got satellite stables like Waller and Lees, mm-hmm. but you know we often see other trainers sending horses north. It's becoming more common, isn't it, to, mm. to, to see those? And it, it can only help wagering when those sort of bigger-name stables send horses here. Still uh, plenty of uh, features. Let's push on, have a listen to Ayrton. He was out to redeem himself of sorts, I suppose. He was beaten as an odds-on favourite in the Fred Best. He was odds-on again yesterday in the Group 3 Gunson Classic. 
They're at the business end below the 400 metres. Ellsberg shaken up. Magic Conquer running a big race. And all of a sudden, Ayrton is descending on the outside. And J-Bank goes for home. The odds on he goes to a clear lead. Star Rosa Bob Buster were next. Ayrton in front. Ellsberg battling away. But in no race with Ayrton. He's starting to scorch away. And the odds on favourite is too good for them. Ayrton won by nearly three lengths. Ellsberg second. Bob Buster up for third. Glitter Strip ran fourth. Then, without thinking, Star Rosa, Easy Campisi, Magic Congra, Dune 45, and Punchura lust over the line. Yes, he was uh, back in winning form, Ayrton. He won comfortably. J-Mac rode him. That was the first leg of a riding double for McDonald. He won on, on Zaki, of course, two races later. Confidently back to 175, and he broke 135. And on this track, that's a good gallop, 134.95. Yep, uh, on the same day two years ago, Colding won the Queensland Guineas. We know that the Guineas and the Gunsind were swapped this year and Colding then won the Epsom and the Golden Eagle. And Mick Price has labelled the Golden Eagle as the most logical target for this horse in the spring. And I think a feature yesterday, and probably Mick pointed it out after the race, but it was quite obvious visually he was a lot more focused yesterday. Uh, he has obviously taken improvement from that first run here. Yeah, and you know, James McDonald stood over him a little bit too, sort of made him find the line. And uh, look, he looked good streaking away from them. And Converge or Ayrton, David, which one would you prefer if you were given the option of the two? Gee, that's a tough choice. Mm. Mm. I'll have to think. I couldn't. I'd like both. Yeah. <laughs> I always want the lot. That's right. Never happy. Talking but... about stars, uh, James McDonald's been the star of the, the carnival. That was his ninth win at group or listed level. He's won the two group ones, two group twos, three group threes and two listed. He's been riding in devastating form. Ellsberg, it didn't go right for him. He didn't begin no. cleanly and then he had to use Petron as the sectional show. They went sub uh, a minute for the first thousand metres. So he ran well, but in the end, the best horse was ones. Yep. Let's go to the last. This is a traditional lead up to the Tats Tiara, the Dane Ripper. Magic Millions present this race at group two level and it was wide open betting. Sweet Deal went off favourite at 480. They shift to the centre of the track and Dame Giselle is in control. Getting up to the inside was Sweet Deal. Then Wild Vixen, Jen Rules, running on his Odium right down the outside. Coming with a big run, Odium, after Dame Giselle. Dame Giselle led. Odium charges on the outside. Flashing home out wide, Madame Rouge. And Brooklyn Hustle right down the outside. Here's the post. Oh, Brooklyn Hustle with a wet sail. Flashed home from either Odium or Madame Rouge. And Jen Rules and then Sierra Sue, Dame Giselle, Coventina Bay... Fun star, liar, then sweet deal, Nicodina, incredulous dream. Well back was exhilarates, reel them in, Ruby, and Wild Vixen pulling up towards the tail. Brooklyn Hustle, it was last to first, right down the outside under the roses. Craig Williams are completing a riding treble on the day. Jason Warren, of course, trains Brooklyn Hustle in partnership with Dean Crongold, and Jason's on the line. Mate, that was a win and a half, but I'm sure it didn't come as a surprise to you. You know what she can do, this mare. Good morning, guys. Yeah, look, um, we we did go into yesterday's uh, race very confident. Uh, last week's trial that she had at the Gold Coast was very encouraging, and uh, and just getting her up into uh, Queensland with the warm sun on her back, she's really thrived. So um, it was it was very satisfying. But what were you thinking at the home turn? Uh, I was thinking she's travelling travelling like a freight train, and. Uh, <laughs> All, all he had to do was, was wait and not go too soon. And um, that was sort of one of the main things that uh, Kate, I mean, um, Craig and I um, really uh, spoke about was just being patient. And 
and trusting that that big turn of foot can um, can overcome them. I can tell so, you, I watched the race with Chris Anderson, who saddled uh, Brooklyn Hustle for you yesterday, and he, he went the early crow at the 300. He was lording Craig's ride, how he was in Madame <laughs> Rouge's slipstream, saying, look at this, look at this. And I thought, I said, I bet you wouldn't go the early crow if it was actually your horse. But Yeah, um, yeah, it, there's no way. He's... Uh, he uh, he said, "I've never been so confident uh, watching a race." Um, he said, I, w- "I wouldn't have definitely definitely wouldn't have gone the early crow if I was training." It. <laughs> so, good guy, Chris. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jay. She's put two together now, which is terrific. Two two group wins. But I hark back to that that Oakley Plate run first up in February, and I know oh. that sectional guys had to look three times to believe their eyes with what she produced that day. So. It must be good, knowing how good she's been going ever since February, that you've now got those two consecutive group wins on the board for her. Yeah, look, it does make um, yesterday's win so much more satisfying as probably the Oakley Plate was one that uh, got away on us and um, it was a race that uh, I felt that she could have won and um, and unfortunately just luck in running didn't allow it to happen. So, um, yeah, yesterday was very satisfying for that reason. Yeah. Jason, I think the other thing that you'd be very satisfied about, uh, we often see horses, say, fly home over a 1,000 metres, they go to 1,200 and they don't get it. I suppose in a, in a similar way, she'd never raced past 1,200 uh, and she was going to 1,300. The way she raced, you think, oh, well, there'll be no drama at all. But sometimes they don't run it. But, well, she delivered in spades there yesterday. Yeah, we sort of uh, felt... Uh, well, she's always been hitting the line in every race that she's running. So, uh, but uh, the the distance not going past twelve hundred has probably just been more of a case on what races are on offer for mm. her. So um, we haven't really got those um, thirteen and fourteen hundred meter, you know, group group uh, one, two, or threes that for mares in in Melbourne that sort of spring to mind. So um, I think that's more of the reason why we've sort of been at the uh, thousand up to six furlongs most most of her starts, yeah. So that's 1,300 metres yesterday, an extra 100 metres in a fortnight, mate? Yeah, I think um, that'll be spot on for her. Uh, the the thing is, is she, she's yeah, in a five five to six furlongs, she's, she's almost at her top at the back of the field and she still sprints. Mm. If she gets a chance to travel like she did yesterday, I think the turn of foot that she's got... Um, it's, it's pretty um, devastating, so it's it's really, really good. Will you be able to get up here for the Tats Tiara? Jeez, I hope so. It was uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a very cold day at Sandown yesterday, and uh, and uh, knowing that uh, Brooklyn's up there and the, with the sun on the back, I was very jealous of uh, everybody there. So uh, your owner was uh, your owner was in very good form. I think yeah. he gave the longest presentation speech of the day. <laughs> good on him. <laughs> I wish I was there to see it, but. Uh, Look, the whole team, Rosemont and um, and my team at the stables, you know, everybody's just so thrilled. Um, and to, to be a live chance in um, in two weeks' time in a group one is just, uh, you know, it's just terrific. Good on you, mate. Congratulations. And we do hope to see you here in two weeks' time. Yeah, I hope so. All the best, guys. Have Thanks, a good day. Jason. Jason Warren in training partnership there. And uh, I, was a, I was a little bit... Suspect about thirteen hundred yeah. metres because I've got that sort of that theory in my mind that yes. you know thousand twelve hundred thing and twelve hundred thirteen hundred but oh she so was often she was devastating she, yeah. she actually, I clocked her she was last at the six hundred mm. and uh, I think she ran about thirty three eight her last six hundred metres right down the outside other feature here is too and he makes a good point there Jason that one of the primary reasons and I never really thought about this that 
she hasn't extended beyond 1,200. There just weren't the races mm. around. But this carnival, um, and Magic Millions has supported these mayor's races right through. And all of these mayor's races, they've been big fields and terrific betting races. Yeah. Dane Ripper back to 1,300 yesterday, which is a little change. It's been 1,400 for a long time and it was a really strong field that day in Ripper yesterday. So with Tefani, probably Sapina, who we didn't mention, who was terrific in the straight mm. broke, merging with that Dane Ripper form, it's going to be a really good tiara this year. Next week at Ipswich too, that Gay Waterhouse Classics, mm. always 1350, it's back to 1200. So okay. it's had a distance change as well. Still Odium, p- very good, David, the Group 1 winning filly. Yeah, I backed Odium and... Um, <laughs> I th- well, Mick Price sort of indicated he felt she probably wouldn't have needed that run yesterday. I said to Mick yesterday before the in the morning, I said, "Man, on that trial, she'll win." But he wasn't quite certain mm-hmm. where she mapped, and he turned out right. She yeah. she was wide, but she was good. So I'm sure we'll see her. So it's shaping as a really good Tats Tiara. It certainly is in a fortnight's time. Still plenty of racing action. Let's go to the Brisbane Cup, uh, 3,200 metres, back to 3,200 metres. And the winner, Knight's Order, was the best back runner, ran the favourite 370. In the straight, Knight's Order leads the way. Cariff is now flat to the boards. Still two behind Knight's Order. Rondonella running on up to third. Sweet Thomas, Lord Belvedere gone. Brimham Rock's gone. Down below the 200 metres. Knight's Order in front. Three, four. Cariff can do no more. Then Sweet Thomas and Rondonella. But Knight's Order, first out, first home. Knight's Order by five. Second, Cariff. Third over the line was Sweet Thomas, Rondonella fourth. Long margins, Brimham Rocks, and Lord Belvedere, a long and weary last. You've got to put a bit of emphasis <laughs> into the race. I was trying to give it something. Hey, look, 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 let's be fair. It was disappointing, this response. Because then when the noms came out, I think there were, what, 14 noms or something? There were. And like, like, I think Heart of Puissance was in it, which would have added some interest to it. I, I think the program sort of come out sort of maybe March, April, so there wasn't a lot of lead-in. So I, I hope that they persist with it for another year. I know there's been a lot of commentary yeah. about this. And David, some answers might come the next three. We've got an Ipswich Cup, Tattersall's Cup and a, a Sunshine Coast Cup to come over mm. the middle distance. So we see where those horses come from. But uh, if you had another half a dozen, well, let me think of a word that's not going to be offensive, but slower ones there, and it was a field of 12, it's, it wouldn't have been as much commentary because the ones that were there actually had reasonable, reasonable form and, and can go on and win some... Decent races. Well, Rondonella there, there, second in the Sydney yeah, Cup. Yeah, there was a scratching, and it probably couldn't win Roma Cash. But, no. but all of those others there, you could make a case for. That's right. And and I, even though it was a field of six, I I, I looked forward to calling it. Mm. I thought, what am I going to do? Yep. And uh, I, I was I was you know happy with the broadcast, and I, I thought I still think thirty two hundred meter races they've got something about they them. Do they but, absolutely do? But whether the the paucity of the field will weigh on the minds of, of racing Queensland and the BRC, but it's a decision that. That, well, it's a, it's a topic that will be discussed and a decision will be made. And, you know, I'm sort of thinking they may be leaning towards not staying at two mile, but mm. we'll see what happens. That's something to pan out after the carnival is over. So, night's order, we discussed that with Adrian Bob Tim Clark rating him to perfection. Let's go to Nathan's favourite race of the day. This was the listed Hinkler <laughs> handicap. And Garibaldi, they truckloaded him again at $2.50. They head for home, away game, away from the rail leads. From King of Hastings, trying to burst up on the inside. Garibaldi will go right up on the inside rail. They did her time, passage of time. Sutherland wider, GTT. The leader was away game. King of Hastings under pressure. Sutherland joining in. Garibaldi's got his chance, if good enough. On the inside, Garibaldi coming after away game. Sutherland, and have a look at this. Have a look at this. Superium, last to first. 
Superium, do you believe it? Beat Sutherland, away game. Garibaldi missed the place. Then Hilo, GTT, King of Hastings, in her time. And passage of time is last over the line. Superium knocks them all out. Knocks them all out. This was Nathan Exelby's special last start, Superium. <laughs> In a class six where I thought it had every chance. And yesterday, up to listed company, settles last and wins. Yeah, sort of just travelled sweetly there last time, let down and didn't find an awful lot. But ridden cold yesterday, similar to what we saw at Dooman where he really did catch the eye from out the back. Um, I knew he'd been going well this preparation, David, but I just couldn't come into him again at Eagle Farm. So, uh, Garibaldi, they weren't happy with him being stuck up on the inside, but... He's becoming costly, this preparation. Well, he has been, and, and I've said this on several occasions, he's carried this boom uh, mm. that I don't think is entirely justified. I know he was ultra-impressive mm. in those Class 6s, but it's a different ball game when you go into group or listed races, and, and seemingly the distance was too far the other day, and, and, you know, I didn't pot him yesterday, but but I still thought he was a short enough odds, but he had his chance. You raise a point that... They weren't happy with him being on the inside. I think it's fair to say that later in the day, the track played better out wide. Yeah, no doubt. You saw well, Superium uh, Tefani was in, in the middle and obviously Brook and Hustle extreme outside. Converge even got sort of wider on the turn, didn't he, to, to make his run. So, yeah, no doubt that it, it was better to get off the fence as the day wore on, but you'd expect that after uh, 27 races. I wonder if a way game will go to the Tats Tiara. Well, she didn't see out 1,400 no. in the... Um, um, Magic Minnie's Guinea. So I'm just not sure where she, she gets to, whether there's... There is a 1,200-metre race on that day, Group 3, the Healy's on that day, so maybe that's a race for her. Let's go to a, a race that's special for us here at the radio station, the radio tab, the Wayne Wilson. Only a small field here. It looked difficult on paper, particularly who was going to lead, who was going to call the shots. Well, in the end, it was the leader and it was the winner, Rainier. Heading for home and the Wayne Wilson now. 400 left to run. Rania leads. He's had a good front run in front. Kevin Tari putting the acid on him. Delphi is grinding away. Then Prophet, Mr. Seawolf. Kings will dream. So you in needs a run. And then came Military Zone. A few with a chance. Kevin Tari might have Rania's measure. Kings will dream is still coming. 100 left to run. Kevin Tari, Rania. Rania's lifting. Kevin Tari and Rania. They reach the line. I'd say Rania has beaten Kevin Tari. Photo finish. Third eye, the Kings will dream or say you win. Then Mr. Seawolf, Prophet Delphi, and trailing them home was Military Zone. Well, good often, Sean, here with the winner and the Quinella, of course, Rania beating Kevin Tari. And uh, as I mentioned, a race broadcaster uh, <laughs> texted me and said, you don't know Kevin Tari. Well, I don't call him a lot. I don't... I don't... I said Kevin Tari might have Rania's measure. I think Hugh Bowman might have thought otherwise when he knew it was Kevin yeah, Tari on the outside. that's right, and Kieran McAvoy probably did as well. Uh, where they settled, where they finished, David, mm. we said in the morning there was no speed on, on, on paper and the two Godolphins took it up and that's where that, uh, that was the end of the story. 136.43, home in 34.88. Uh, it was Mr Seawolf's last run. It was Kingswell Dream's last run as well. He actually bled Kingswell Dream, uh, so, but... Uh, it's, it's immaterial to the result. They both finished their racing careers yesterday. Delphi, not a bad run after sitting wide all of the way. Let's go to the first. This is the Oxlade Stakes for Nova 106.9, the two-year-old event, and the favourite was Mautai.
Now Ty, he's going boldly in front, less than 600 left to run. He's going to turn with a two and a half length lead. In second position, Warrior Hero, tracking him all of the way. Third into the straight, Uncommon James Kinexi, going to the rail, then Bedini's Girl, followed by Lime Soda, Socialist King High, and Caribbean King. Now Ty's in full flight, down towards the 200 metres. Uncommon James giving chase. Warrior Hero can do no more, nor can Kinexi, then King High and Bedini's Girl. Now Ty's in front, shortening stride. Uncommon James will be the danger. Now Ty in front. Uncommon James went to him and beat him. Uncommon James beat home Mount Ty, King High and Bedini's girl. Then came Kinexi followed by Warrior Hero Socialist Caribbean King and Lime Soda last over the line. Uncommon James for Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted. Of course, a bred and raced by Lavin Park out of the mare Picker B who was a mm. more than handy mare a few seasons ago yeah. and uh, He'd, uh, he'd come off a, a debut second at the Gold Coast, a, a dominant one at the Sunshine Coast, but he went up to the 1,200, went from provincial to metro, and most impressive. Yeah, he's been really nicely pro- and progressive, haven't you? Hasn't he? Um, I, I like the run of the second horse. He's had a you know, campaign dogged by you know, barrier incidents, so to, to race as well as that horse did, I think it's a horse with plenty of potential. I don't think there's any more races to discuss. <laughs> that was the nine <laughs> We've run count. out of them. I, I do think uh, on a broader point, and, and it does bring Stradbroke season to a close, uh, this has been an outstanding carnival. Um, from your point of view, this is the first time you've mm. done a little dual role as a media person, you know, working for Sky, but also from an administrative side on the BRC. So you've seen it from a different angle, but I'm sure after yesterday, you were very satisfied over the last month or so. Oh, definitely, it's been terrific to see it from that that other side, but also from from the race club side of things to see how how hard everyone in that office mm. works to to put these events on and and to get a result like they got yesterday and and the previous four Saturdays. I was so pleased for them because I know, you know, as a journalist, you didn't even think of it, but last year all the preparation had been done for the carnival. They'd done all the work and then it got stripped mm. away at that last minute. So. Um, yeah, I think there's a fair bit of satisfaction with the way it, it, it panned out, David. Blessed by good weather all through. Blessed by uh, top jockeys, top trainers, big fields, outstanding turnover. I'm, I'm fairly certain the turnover will be, will be a record from yesterday. We'll we'll know that later in the week. Uh, but uh, I, I, I feel too, and I've heard many presentations over the last month or so, but so many of the trainers, and yes, and, and owners, and yes, I know they're winners, but they do make particular uh, or, or make particular attention to the prize money. They've, mm-hmm. they've they've appreciated the prize money levels, and as we saw in the press yesterday, an extra I think forty one point three million from the state government going into racing over the next two years, and that won't be all for prize money, but a part of that will be there. So if we can maintain these levels, um, you know, racing I know is is twelve months of the year, not not a month at carnival time, but. I think, by and large, every yardstick you look at, this has been a very successful carnival. Yeah, and you'll discuss that more on Press Room tomorrow, but that was a significant announcement, the the proceeds of you know, a, a guaranteed portion of point-of-consumption tax receipts to go back to the industry. That's something that they've been working towards for at least a couple of years, and uh, the Palaszczuk government stood up and, and delivered it. Nathan, thanks for your time this morning. Now, the carnival ain't over for you either. No. As far as this show is concerned, be here next Sunday for the review of Ipswich Cup Day. All right, you look after yourself out there. Aren't you going? I'm not sure what my schedule is this week. Well, I'll be there looking forward to it. It's always a big day, and they do get a huge crowd, so I know that Wayne Patch and Tim Dunn on the team will have everything ready for next Saturday at Ipswich. Look, thanks for your company this morning. It was a great day yesterday. Great to review it, and... 
uh, the highlight, of course, Tefane winning the Tab Stradbroke. And look forward to your company tomorrow morning on Press Room. We'll have all of our regular panellists and a special guest tomorrow morning. The outgoing Commissioner of Curic, Mark Ainsworth, will be my special guest. We've got a lot to talk about. Until then, bye-bye.